0: Hey, welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit sometimes about craft beer, but on this episode, we talked about craft kombucha. Uh, today, I sit down with Bree Workman. She's uh, locally here in town, originally from Philadelphia. We'll get into all that. You can listen to the episode. We did a Facebook Live, and uh, that was the first time I've really done that, and working with some new equipment. So... There was a couple issues, but you know what? We had a fantastic time. Uh, she's a fantastic person, a fantastic musician, has a fantastic message, and I hope you enjoy her episode. Uh, go ahead and say something real quick.
1: Say something. Check. One, two.
0: Yeah. Pull your mic in a little bit more. I'm pretty boisterous and I have I'm a big boisterous. voice. I'm
1: pretty I boisterous. Do, I do talk. Well, when I sing, I'm loud, so I'll back up more, but this is about my voice volume. Is this good? Um, or should
0: I pull it closer? Maybe just a tad bit closer because that's about how far I keep mine away. How's this? That probably is a little better. Is this better? You yeah. Can you
1: hear me? Yeah. I sound better. And, and I'll,
0: adjust, I'll adjust mine back and forth based okay. on what your volume is doing. But. Cool. All right. All right. We're going to get press the live button here. On, uh, we're already recording here, but I'm going to press the live button here.
1: All right.
0: You ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. I guess we are live. We
1: are live. I think,
0: I mean, I, this thing didn't really tell me if I'm actually live or not, but we're going to assume, and I'm <laughs> going to, uh, if we're not, it's recording anyway, so I'm going to post it sometime, and everybody will see it eventually, but.
1: Cool beans. What will be, will be.
0: What will be, will be. So, I am
1: open.
0: I'm sitting here with uh, Bree Workman. Workman. Wortmann.
1: Yes. W e r t. W e r t. God it
0: damn it! I think wor- I spelled it wrong on the thing over here. <laughs> no,
1: you're fine. Right. No, I didn't. I got it right. I got, got it right. Yeah, I'm gonna it put it up right now.
0: Man. Just to, prove to everybody. That I got it right. Bre okay. <laughs> It
1: Means worthy man in German. That's what it means. It, it does. I'm a worthy. I'm a worthy low man. Okay. So I wasn't sure how to
0: pronounce it. If it was Wortmann or if it was Word. Wartman, Wartman, Wartman. People
1: used to make fun of me when I was a kid all the time and they would call me Wartman or, like, oh, sure. or Warthog or whatever. And it did yeah. wonders for my self-esteem. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Shout Br- out to those uh, middle school bullies. Right.
0: Forget those guys. <laughs> or girls. Whoever it was. I don't know. Everybody. Could be everybody. <laughs> um, so where does Bree come from? Is that short for something?
1: Um, actually, so funny story. I was homeschooled up until fourth grade. Um that wasn't so funny. Uh, that sucked. Um, but whenever I went into public school, people just naturally started calling me Bri. And I, I've al- I was always Brianna to my whole family. That's so my full name. I actually go by my middle name. Um, my first name's Hava. Okay. And which is Hebrew, which doesn't really make very much sense because I'm not Jewish. But my parents like the meaning. It means life. And so my mom agreed to that being my first name if we, everyone would call me Brianna. So my biological father, who's an longer in my life, he agreed. And, um, so whenever I went into school, uh, he kind of tricked me into using Hava as my name because he was like, you'll be unique. And like, no one else has that name. Right. But then, um, I kind of was like, call me Brianna or else we're going to have some problems. <laughs> <laughs> or, and then people shortened it to Brie And I was like, Brie, I kind of like that. So now the only time I'm called Brianna is whenever my mom's mad at me. It's Brianna. Right. So.
0: The funny thing is, is I've got a, a pseudo um, Facebook page out there on Facebook that is a pseudo girlfriend of mine named Brianna Dallas. Oh, Instead of Brian Dales as Brianna Dallas, so her name's Brianna, and that's it's funny. it's really just me as a girl, but it's uh, it's hilarious. I think that's funny that your name is actually Brianna.
1: But. Or, or is it like doctored up? Like, do you look like a girl? Like, you have like yeah, it was a some Snapchat kind of it, it was some
0: kind of Snapchat filter. Yeah, that changed oh, yeah. you into a female, <laughs> and it worked out perfectly. And and a lot of people fell for it. I Actually, put it out there as a real page initially. Um, And people fell for it, That's and I and I made up a whole story. I did a whole podcast on it for about a fifteen minute podcast where this girl, uh, Brianna, came out of the woodworks and uh, was an old girlfriend of mine that I obviously uh, apparently had, had a baby with. So she came out of the woodworks and wanted to uh, wanted me to pay child support and all those things. So I made up a whole life around it, and it was kind of funny.
1: That sounds <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. It was pretty funny, really. <laughs> I mean. You must have had a lot of time on your hands. Well, I do. Have, I'm retired, right? You just look. Yeah, at the time oh, yeah, here, I so. saw this. So yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I have a lot of time on my hands actually. But um, before we go any further, because I know you're thirsty and you wanted to water, we're going to get you a kombucha. kombucha and myself because we don't, uh, you don't drink alcohol at the moment, or maybe not at the moment, maybe ever again, but. But the goal is um, we'll never talk, again. We'll talk about that.
1: Yes, indeedy.
0: So you wanted the
1: the turmeric trio,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. So this is your guy.
1: One love kombucha. Shout out.
0: Yeah, this is one love kombucha. So we're not drinking a craft beer today on the show, but we are drinking craft kombucha, which is made right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, I'm so Um sad. Let's see if I can show these guys. So this is the... One Love Kombucha Turmeric tri- Trio. And Tastes
1: like health. Yeah, I'll talk about what's, what's in that guy here
0: in a second. I am going to drink, I think, the hibiscus ginger. I That's think my is.
1: favorite one by them. That is it? I, you want me to save that to, no, no, to no. share? No? You're good, because I want to try that. The, yeah, I got uh, the other one, yeah, the lavender. Yeah, we'll share the lavender one. Okay. Well, because... I, um, I was telling you that, uh, right before we started, I discovered One Love Kombucha at the Poor House, um, Sunday Brunch Farmer's Market, and, um, I picked up, when I was trying to quit drinking on my own, I was like, maybe this will be a good substitute, it's fizzly and tastes kind of funny, but (laughs) in a good way, in a good way. Right. Um, And did it? I mean, I guess it does, it's a good substitute, It is a good, well, I don't really use it as a substitute, it's... Now, back then, that's what I was kind of thinking of it as. Now it's like, I want to only drink things that are, like, healthy for me. Like, I was never really into drinking soda. I only wanted to drink things that would either change my mind state or, like, be good for my body. Right. So I'm big into water, kombucha, of course, smoothies, you know. Yeah, stuff like that. Or like, And then whenever I drank alcohol, I, I liked uh, whiskey. I was really big into green tea shots. But right. I wasn't really into beer. I, I was I was a wine drinker. That was my thing: wine and liquor.
0: So, well, first off, let's toast to, um, you know, I'm not sober, but I'm going to toast to sobriety.
2: Thank you. And
0: your sobriety and um, one love kombucha. We're going to talk about that here in a mm-hmm. second, but but first, I want to I want to ask you why did you go into sobriety? I mean, is that something you talk about often? Is it something you keep to yourself? Do you like to share it? Do you like to try and promote it? I mean, what's going on with that?
1: So, um, you know, we say it's a attraction rather than promotion. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously for anyone who wants to get healthy and get better. Like I'm here, like I'm around, you know, I'm open to talk and share my story and like, what I've experienced and the hope that I have now. Um, but I, I started, I come, I come from a family, um, that really likes to drink. Um, and I, you know, grew up around it, like seeing it, it's a rite of passage and everything. And I was a late bloomer actually. I didn't drink until I was 16.
0: What do you mean by a rite of passage? I mean, like
1: like, uh that's what the adults did, like that was their thing, like you know, my family would get together and like that's it's the social lubricant, you know, when you go to bars like in like how this podcast started, you sit down, and you talk to somebody, and like you know you get a conversation going, and you may be friends for five minutes or for an hour or so, but like you know you get to know a person a little bit right that way, but um I wanted to you know. Be a big kid and and join in on the fun and um, it was kind of hard growing up in my house because um my mom um, she's she's in recovery at the moment, um, but at the time she was not, and um, it was kind of like a if you can't beat them, join them kind of deal. But um, my first time I drank, though, is a funny story. We called it Snowmageddon. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: That was going to be one of my questions. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we had Snowmageddon in the winter of 2010. And oh my goodness... We got, my, my friend and I asked my mom for permission if we could drink. And so they poured us drinks the way they poured them drinks. And I was like, damn. Because <laughs> uh, I'd never had, I I'd had sips of wine, but that was it. And then I my first drunk, I hated it. Some people who are alcoholics will be like, I knew it was the answer for me. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I ended up face first, passed out in a love sack, which is a beanbag chair. I don't know if you guys know about that, but, um, yeah. And, and I just remember the world spinning and I was like, I hate this. But then, um, then I started smoking weed Mm -hmm. and then that was my answer. Like for me at the time I was like, the weed is my saving grace. And, um, I, I have some mental health diagnoses that I let like define me for quite some time. And that helped me with those. And I had such bad anxiety, I couldn't eat. So it helped me eat. And I had insomnia, so it helped me sleep and all of that. And it is really good. And I'm all for it. And, like, I'm for legalization. I'm for all of that. Because for some people, it works. Just for me personally, I had to learn that it makes me not the best version of myself. And kind of one is connected to another, which is connected to cocaine. And then <laughs> whenever you start that, it, life really gets wild. Right. Um, so I decided, um, I was actually, a friend of mine noticed that I, I was using cocaine more and more. And I was drinking and I was smoking weed. And she had, was in recovery. And she, this is when I lived in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and I was the activities director for a retirement home. Um, I went to school to be a music therapist, and um, so I was doing that in a retirement home, Um, but I was so burnt out, and it was a really tough job, and and I coped the best way that I could. You always just do the best you can, you know? And so at night, my roommate and I, we would watch Big Brother Like, that was, like, our tradition. Like, we'd sit and watch Big Brother and do some Coke and drink rum and Coke. And we're like, ah, it's Coke night. You know, whatever. But then it got worse and worse. And then at 3 a.m. I'm like, let's call up the drug dealer. And then my friend, um, she saw this and she forced me kind of or coerced me into going to rehab. Which was six of the most eye-opening months of my life. It was really... Great therapy and I was like the star pupil and like people really thought I I had it um but then I went back out because I convinced myself that I was missing out and I have had this terrible fear of missing out um and I became a beach bartender and a server after that and I used with numerous people who I went to rehab with and I um It just, just became this really ugly version of myself that I didn't recognize anymore. And I was serving, drinking on the job, smoking on the job, taking bathroom breaks to go do a line or two or whatever, and then staying out all night. And, um, it was really scary. And, um, so my grandfather found me one day because he lives in Florida, and he knocked on my door at 9 a.m., and I was passed out on the couch, and he saw me in a really not good way, and um, he said, okay, we're sending you up to live with your parents in Pittsburgh. So I moved to Pittsburgh.
0: And when was this? How old were
1: you? This was a year and a half ago. (laughs) So I was 24 whenever I went into rehab. I turned 25 um, when I was an intensive outpatient. Um, And... I I'm twenty-six now. I'll be twenty-seven September thirtieth. Um, Libra. Whoop whoop. Um but I moved to Pittsburgh August of eighteen, I suppose it was. Yeah, August of eighteen. Um, and I lived there for eight months and I was using less, but I was still using. Um
0: was that was that just because of the environment, or was that just availability? You didn't know anybody when you moved <laughs> back. I mean, why?
1: I didn't know anybody when I moved back. You know, it's crazy because my best friends from high school—they had all moved away for the most part—and my brother's drinking buddies from high school were still there. So right. I kind of became friends with my brother's drinking, my little brother, his drinking buddies. So they're three years younger than me. Hmm. Um, and through them, I started seeing a girl who was inviting me out to hang out with her and her friends. And then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fluid. I'm bisexual. Um, and so I was out with her, but then there was a guy who was out with us one night who I became friends with and he, you know, asked me out on a date and I thought he was out with this other girl, but I was like, I guess not. Um, they must just be friends. And so I was like, Hey, cute guy. And so I started hanging out with, this dude and then turns out oh, here's my source I found it again but I wasn't looking you know and you think that's
0: I mean do you think there's some sort of attraction
1: there oh for sure yeah you you, like you can
0: smell it you can sense it you can feel it what
1: I believe well manifestation you you attract what you believe you deserve and I guess what you truly desire what you feel you need and I was dealing with a very stressful situation whenever i moved home um and i hadn't lived at home since i was 17 because i um graduated high school i was pretty young i was still 17 when i graduated high school and went moved off to i went to temple university in philly um go owls go owls man (laughs) um but my i i um yeah i started hanging out with the wrong crowd basically is is what what happened the i found the wrong crowd the wrong crowd found me whichever way you know we i i ended up pretty pathetic at and slapping myself in the face to get home to stay awake being so messed up like after going out downtown and i'd have half an hour drive home and i am so freaking lucky not to have a criminal record.
0: Right. I feel um, that.
1: I I like literally I'm driving with my nose like a grandma on the wheel and I'm just like follow the car behind you follow the light. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong light. No. Yeah, the, one, the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm I'm very very blessed that I did not get into any trouble except for getting kicked out of a bar in Florida. Um that was the worst. The trouble was really just what I Put myself and my family and some friends through right. um, who really wanted the best for me but um, I really did I, I did some damage really to myself and I I've, I've played the victim if, if you will I was like you did this to me and you did this to me and you did this to me and so this is who I am now like yeah. it's your fault
0: what do you think like from Philadelphia to Florida to here to wherever else you may have been throughout your lifetime. What do you think? What do you think the biggest problem is? I mean, do you think there's a a definite? Well,
1: <laughs> I'm the biggest problem. You're the biggest problem. <laughs>
0: So you don't think it has anything to do with location or what's going on in that particular Um, city or...
1: Environment definitely has something to do with it. Um, You know, like I said, things growing up at home were not easy. My biological father was a very abusive, terrible individual. Um, So growing up, I I had PTSD at a very young age. Um, And so, and then, you know, it, it was hard. Like, I had to kind of parent a parent. And, um, that was hard for me, but, you know, everyone's always doing the best they can. And I want to highlight that because that really is true. Like, you know, my mom and my stepdad, they're always doing the best that they could and they're doing so much better now. And I'm so proud of them. But, um, that was really hard for me in high school, um, in moving back home during that period of time in between, um, Florida and here. That was really a hard time, but not just because of them. I was also working in sales, standing in the middle of a grocery store, selling clean energy, but really just ripping people off. And (laughs) it made me vomit, literally, in the morning. I would throw up because of my use and because I felt so sick and anxious, and some co-workers did some not-so-okay stuff to me. And the company I worked for was so shady, and... They would take us out and party with us and all of this. It was just not not good. But anyway, so there's always something like, I would always attract or find the worst possible thing or people for me. And I would just try to fill the holes, you know, like fill. I I became, they it, I'm I say I'm the biggest problem because no matter where I go, there I am. Yeah. And, you know, they say that addiction it's a spiritual sickness like it's it's this is not this but you know alcohol is just a symptom like alcoholism and like sex addiction which I consider myself like I'm I've I'm addicted to people to love like I anything that makes me feel good that makes me feel better that takes me out of this Thing that's constantly swirling in my head, I clung to, right. and I clung to people, I clung to things, I substances, and it just led me to nothing but pain and sorrow. And getting kicked out of college didn't help either. Um, and that's why I was kind of like, huh, "Go Owls," because you know, like <laughs> I I had completed four years of college, and I was in. Uh, And I was halfway over halfway done with my post-grad internship working in a mental health hospital in Camden, New Jersey. And then some really bad stuff was going on in my life and I couldn't, and my alcoholism was really starting to rear its head for the first, like really rear its head. Um, and I was drinking pretty hard with some coworkers after work and whatnot. And I, um, I would show up late, a few days a week, by like five minutes, but still, you know, and they were like, basically all of this together, you're not mentally stable enough to be a therapist, sorry we did you a disservice by allowing you to continue in this program for four years, you have such a beautiful voice, you should just be a singer. Oh, really? And I was like, fuck you! (laughs) Like, it was, like, that It was, obviously, it's still there, you know, it's a resentment, I'm really trying to... Let go because I'm grateful that that happened because I wouldn't be sitting here with you now had it not. Right. I wouldn't have. And I came to Charleston because one of my close friends um, from college lives here. And he took me in and let me live with him for free for like eight months and my dog and my cat. And he hates animals. And he but he was like, We'll have a band together, which we do have a band. It's called The Mood. Check us out. Mood with a D. Um and he was like well, What else
0: would it be with? Mood with a d
1: uh, or moon is sometimes oh, okay. think mood, I said. I guess, yeah, I guess. Mood. Like, it's, what else? we are, what else are we, we are here? the mood. The <laughs> mood. We bring the mood. I you guess. know? And so but um, you know, when I came here I wasn't sober. It took me six months to find my way. To where I needed to be and it took and I stayed away from cocaine for a while but I couldn't put down the alcohol and I couldn't put down the weed and I was smoking day and night and it was just my baseline right and um, then you know I put this guy through so much but he stayed my best friend through thick and thin I mean he punched a hole in the damn wall over some of my bullshit like yeah. I, I caused I caused him harm right through my actions
0: well, you know, we're talking a lot about locations. We're talking a lot about people mm-hmm. and college and all these different influences and stuff, people you worked with, uh, your roommate. But, I mean, sometimes even parents are a problem, right? I mean, yeah. most parents, when they have a kid, they're just kids themselves. I mean, I remember I'm, I'm 19 when I had my first child.
1: Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, I'm, I'm not even grown myself, and I'm supposed to be raising a child. So, do you think... How old were your, were your parents when they had you? Do you know? My mom... I, mean, I guess you do.
1: I do, yeah. Well, my mom... Um, my grandparents were also 19 when they had my mom. Um, and I'm very blessed to have young grandparents. It's really cool because they're in their early 70s and they right. are the very way. active. Um, my mom, um, she's uh, had me when she was 25 or 26. She got pregnant when she was 25.
0: Which is kind of what people are leaning more towards, right? Their late 20s, 30s, or whatever Yeah, point, but.
1: but she she had gone through a lot too she had been through a lot of trauma in college and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of in her she was an alcoholic at that time as well but she also um was struggling with an eating disorder um and my biological father um he basically convinced her it's, it's, I don't tell too much of my mom's business. Basically, I, I, I was an oopsie baby. Um, I was not supposed to happen. I wasn't supposed to be here, but I saved my mom's life. Okay. Um, because she stopped being bulimic and stopped drinking for my sake. Right. Um, because she's like, I'm having this baby. Um, and so she had no idea what she was doing, and was, she was with a narcissistic sociopath um, he's a diagnosed, um, he's narcissistic antisocial personality disorder.
2: Okay.
1: And so growing up with that for nine years was not easy. Um, but she stayed pregnant basically, or breastfeeding, um, for the duration of the time she was with him. Like, she she breastfed me for a long time i was like two <laughs> and so like maybe that's why i have problems you know, but uh and then she had my brother when i was three and then she had my sister when i was six and a half and so then she left my biological dad whenever i was um nine and so my sister was like two and a half when she left him and um that that was really what s- sent her into her alcoholism was the terrifying fear of losing her kids in a custody battle against a monster hmm. um and that was that was traumatic for all of us you know but she is so strong and has this huge heart and is so loving and she i like i get so much good from her as much as like genetics and whatever that's kind of bad you know but I'm grateful to be an alcoholic because it's brought me to where I am and it's made me look at myself and it's made me heal myself I never knew what self-love was I always needed outside validation still working on that social media doesn't help but I think we're all kind we all kind of struggle with that a little bit you know that social media validation and stuff right but
0: well, when you say you're healing, and I kind of want to go back to your roommate for a second, oh, too, sure. because I feel like I cut you off on you talking about your roommate. But speaking of healing, I mean, that's kind of why we're sitting here a little bit, right, for music. Music has helped you heal.
1: It has, absolutely. So my music journey, my entire childhood, that was my saving grace. My My grandparents also very much, my grandfather in particular, was, like, my saving grace. Like, he... They figured out I could sing when I was like two.
0: Did anybody else do anything musically in the family? No, no I'm <laughs> not, not a
1: single person, except for my great grandmother, my my <clears throat> grandma's mom, who she was actually the runner-up for Miss America back in the nineteen forties. Really, she was Miss Florida. Okay, and she's from Miami. Um, and well, she had to have
0: a talent, right? Back then, they and did talent. A singer. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. and so she was an opera singer, and I became an opera singer. And musical theater was my life. So my family, they figured out, Brie can sing. That is her thing. And let's do it. So thankfully, like, even though I was in the super abusive, terrible environment, um, I was in dance classes I, from the age of three. I was in acting classes. I was in singing uh, voice lessons whenever I was old enough to do that. I I was in acting lessons. I think I said that. Um, <clears throat>
0: No church or anything like that. Church,
1: oh my goodness, yeah, oh, huh. religion plays a real big part in my story. So yeah. I was raised Pentecostal, um, and very um, my my mom is is very she's very much the Christian fundamentalist, and so having a God of my own understanding is something that we kind of don't jive with because for a while I hated God.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, I also, there was a big a big religious it was a big upbringing like oh yeah it okay. was
1: it was like we kneeled and prayed at bed like before we went to sleep we went to church most Sundays um I was on worship team I was a youth group leader yeah. I was I think that's what kept me on the straight and narrow for so many years um you know up until up through high school like doing mission trips um or I went on one mission trip and um Whenever I was 16, and that was, like, really awesome and eye-opening. I went to Atlanta, and that was my first time um, ever going there. And um, it's a really cool city. Shout-out to Atlanta. But, uh, <laughs> I would beg
0: to differ, but okay. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, it was, I was only there – I went I went on hurricane there. Okay. Or, or evac- evacuation, whatever you call it, from the last hurricane that we had last uh, fall. Yeah. Whenever they scared the shit out of us, and then it was nothing. Yeah. Which is typical. So,
0: Well, you say the religion kept you on the straight and narrow. So do you feel like that helped you tip off the straight and narrow or did religion play any part of you falling off or falling into the wagon, off the wagon, however you, whatever um, happens with the wagon, but
1: yeah, the wagon, <laughs> yeah. the wagon, it's a, it's a hard, the wagon It's also a boat is, is what I realized it's recovery is like a boat and you got to be in the middle of it or you can fall right off the edge and okay.
0: that's good analogy
1: that is and i was not in the middle of the boat my first time around when i first came in you were like
0: leo on the front just hanging off the yeah, ear, hanging off like, the front oh. <laughs> 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 never let go yes. um
1: and so oh god um what was i saying shoot i forgot you're talking about
0: being in the boat
3: in the
1: oh, middle being of the, the, boat. Middle of the yeah, boat yeah yeah, yeah. being in the middle of the boat that's it um oh but religion yes um yeah. uh, i believed like I was like I had a I was really conservative whenever I was brought up. Like um like gays go to hell, this, that and the other, all of this. But then I tried to come out when I was twelve. Um and my mom was like, It's just a phase, you're just curious and then it wasn't. <laughs> and yeah. so and then I, I when I was sixteen I like told my boyfriend, like he's the first person I came out to, my high school sweetheart who I was with for three and a half years, um, into college. Um, and i i told him and then i started to tell some other people but i didn't really fully come out until i was about 20 i don't, well, honestly like like publicly publicly cuz i was really afraid for some family to know i didn't come out until about 2 years ago but most people knew what by the time i was like 21 cuz i had a serious relationship with a woman whenever i was on 20 mm-hmm. and so um my first serious relationship which man me up big mm-hmm. time <laughs> but um but religion I had a lot of shame um of who I was and when I came out originally I was told I was going to hell um and that was really hard to hear
0: so you, you're talking about just sexually who you were
1: uh yeah like okay, I, okay. I, not just just in in general who I was becoming because I went to a liberal arts college you know and everything and so I I was getting my own beliefs, and as I got my own beliefs and my own thoughts and all of that, excuse me, kombucha burp. Yeah, I, know, them, I don't, I don't normally drink it, that carbonation. Yeah. But as as I grew up and I started to come up with my own thoughts and my ideas and stuff, like my family, who's super conservative and WASPy, they were like, "Oh no, who's this gay hippie child?" Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That we popped out. Like we still love you, but oh no! And they're like, it's just because she's young; that's why she thinks that way. You know, but I'm still, I'm still liberal. I'm still, you know, I, I, I. I, just, I mean, some could say you're still young, but I, I, and I am still young, and it's true. Yeah. They're like, she'll learn, and she gets right. older. Right, she'll, she'll, she'll grow out of it. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I believe in people, social justice, and all that. So, but uh, yeah, I. There's so
0: much we could go off on uh, on, oh, on that right now, but yeah, part of I my, really don't want this show to be anything about that unless you want to. But
1: no, I, I I I will say this: I I believe that <clears throat> the answer to everything is love and acceptance. Sure, um,
0: it's gotta be.
1: But I there's violence isn't the answer. Um, something's got to change. Um, but lo- people that requires people opening their ears. And their hearts, and I am a little cynical of some, like of the extremists on either side, sure. doing that. And that's what's really difficult. But I know that love, love and acceptance, that's that that could heal the world. But we are imperfect, perfectly imperfect into people, you know. And some people don't listen to logic. Some people think that their truth is the only truth. Some people, you know, there's no wiggle room, but that's part of the my most recent song that I wrote that I'll be playing eventually is it kind of, I say every, every soul matters and you can't change my mind about that. So
0: Yeah, and I'm guilty of that as well. And I think we all are guilty, but I think the people that are going to thrive and in, in the way that this world is going to move forward is people that can, can, uh, can, like you said, listen to other people and, and change their mind. And not necessarily that your mind has to change, but... You've got to be able to be tolerant to other people's views, I guess, is the big thing. Not really yeah. change your mind, but uh, don't worry about what somebody else is doing because that's what, that's their mind. That's what they're thinking about, you know? Yeah. So we can all get along. We can all live. Now, there's a bunch of ideas that, God damn it, I said I wasn't going to get into any of this stuff. But,
1: <laughs> it's hard not to yeah. whenever all this. But there's a bunch
0: of ideas we can't agree on, but there should, there's always a middle ground. Always. There's got to be a middle ground that people can stand on mm-hmm. and we can all get along and,
1: when you and yell and at somebody, well, yeah, when, you, when you're yelling and screaming at someone, <clears throat> people's ears close. Yeah. And people don't, they, they're not going to listen to yelling and screaming. And so it's, you know, people trying to protest peacefully. Like, I know per, personally, like, I order off, um, I, I love Rihanna's line of lingerie, the Savage X Fenty. And so they had Blackout Tuesday. And so they like close their whole business down for awareness of like of everything that's happening and saying like donate to like this cause this cause this cause instead of shopping here today. Okay. And so like you know little things like that you know are really I think, I, it's it's hard. It's also like I'm no expert in anything, you know. I'm and I'm. I'm trying to become, I'm, I'm, I'm on the road to becoming a healer. So I, we were talking about me like healing, you know, and trying to heal myself, um, working my program has been a huge part of that, my healing, um, and having a really great mentor and really great friends that I surround myself with who unconditionally accept me for who I am, but also I started studying Reiki, which is energy healing. And I'm really into crystals and all of that stuff. And um, so I did my level one Reiki training during quarantine and I said I I would like use the quarantine time I had um, to better myself. And so I, I worked on so there's some times that I was down in a deep hole of depression because I mean being isolated, it can be it's hard for me. I'm a talker. If you can't tell. And no, so no, no, no. <laughs> And so it was but also at the same time, I do isolate. Like, I can only take so much social interaction because it drains me. I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. and I like it. yeah, and and But um, I did my Reiki class level one, um, which is where you learn how to work with yourself. Um, and level two is what I'm waiting to do later this month um, where I can work with others. And I have practiced on some people, one of which being Corey, oh, yeah. a, a friend of mine. Uh, and So when you talk works. about working
0: your pro- your program, this mm-hmm. is what the, the Reiki is what you're talking about or is the program something different?
1: The program is is something I'm not going to name okay. specifically. So Reiki is something Re- different. Okay. Reiki, is, Reiki I got you. has become part of my program. Like right. the program it's, that we'll just say program is is everything I'm doing to become a centered.
0: Right. Whether like it be a, a an actual program or yes. meditation or sauna, whatever. Absolutely. The gym. Could, I, I pray
1: be. every morning. I ask for God's will to be done with my life. I, 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 so religion
0: is still a part of your life. I, it is
1: now. Okay. So so to get back to that, yeah. Religion. Well, will bounce all over the place. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> I, I stopped, I kind of stopped believing in God um, in between rehab and coming back into recovery. Um, so for about a year and a half, I was mad I was mad at a God I wasn't even sure I believed in. I was mad at the God that my parents worshipped. And that wasn't the God of my understanding. And so Well at the time it was. It was it was yeah, Yeah. and and I was like, and I don't like this one. And if this is the God (laughs) this if this is the be all be end all God, I don't want any parts of it because he's a dickhead. And so I was, so that's, I was, I was upset. I was really upset. And but
0: you I, did say he's a dickhead. What? You said he, so you he, thought he, he was a he?
1: He, he? he, yes. Yeah. He was, he was a he, he was a he to me Okay. at the time. Now I, I, so whenever I started my recovery journey, um, it was September 28th. Um, I celebrated quote unquote my birthday, which was the 30th, um, the best way I knew how. That's September. Yeah. Yeah. I celebrated it the best way I knew how on the twenty seventh, and it was um, I hadn't I hadn't partaken in cocaine in about five months, and um, I I did it twice that week, and I ended up in a really messed up situation, and um, it was really eye opening. We'll just say that, and I saw what my future could be if I were to continue down this road, and I was like, I I can't do this. It's time, and so I um, met an amazing, wonderful person who helped guide me back to where I belonged, and I finally found the sense of belonging I'd been looking for because I didn't have many friends here. I, I'd studied to be a realtor when I came here, and so, like, I knew some people from like my real estate stuff but like when you moving somewhere to be a realtor when you don't know anybody is so dumb like don't do it yeah um, and
0: i mean that's really what a lot of life is about right i mean belonging yeah and, and feeling i wanted a, part a sense of, of
1: belonging and, and i was like i don't feel like i and i was drinking my way into trying to find that belonging in bars and i would go to my roommate's gigs who i was telling you about before um and he was Well, we were in a real, I was trying to force a relationship on the poor guy. He didn't want to be in a relationship, but he loved me, but like not in the right way, you know, I just, or in in the way that I wanted him to. And then I was trying to force the label on it and everything, but it was just, it was this whole crazy thing. But then we ended up just being best friends and now we are still on wonderful, wonderful terms. He is an amazing human and he is actually the blacksmith at Middleton Place Plantation and that is one hell of a job that that he does, and he also plays saxophone and um, sings with. Uh, he's a bit of a musical whore, if you will, with yeah. a whole bunch of people downtown. Speaking
0: of that, we got to get to some tunes here eventually. But...
1: Yeah, we got to. <laughs> but uh, he he he. Um, I was saying he took me. Oh, but yeah, he didn't believe in God either. He was like, yeah, fuck that. And so like <laughs> we like kind of bonded over. He had an alcoholic father. I had dealt with what I had dealt with and we were both kind of mad at God if there was a God and whatever. And so I somebody brought me back to um recovery. We'll, we'll just say that. Yeah. Um and I went to my first meeting on September twenty eighth in a year and a half and was like such a sigh of relief and acceptance. And it was like, wow. And um, I had someone have me sit down and write out a list of what I believed God was and what I believed God wasn't. And that was one of the most helpful things for me because I could let go of all these other things that I thought that I, I was mad at about God, like that other people had told me God was. I'm like, no, I don't feel like God is that. I don't feel like God sends good people to hell just because they don't believe in his specific sect. Like I believe that there is one God or the universe or spirit and everyone has different traditions and ways of worshiping or understanding life, the world, the universe. Right. And whatever gets you by, you know, if your God has to be a tree, if your God has to be a door, if your God has to be, for me, I, I worship. Well, I, I guess I would say I worship. I don't know if I would say worship's the right word. I, I, I pray to and meditate over and with, um, my spirit guides, my, my God of my understanding, mother earth, Pachamama, you know, um, I'm very connected to the earth. That's like nature is a huge part of me and my healing. Um, and, um, I also have learned through Reiki, like that my spirit animals are the frog, which is a bridge and like, cause they're amphibious, right? So between like the water and land. Okay. And, um, so I learned that that and the owl, which is pretty cool. And so that those are, those are all things that I call upon the energies from whenever I practice Reiki and like angels or whatever, whatever you believe in. I'm like, I'm just like, live your life. It's whatever. You know, just don't be an asshole. That's basically. I mean, a lot of
0: people could say the same thing, right? That if you want to do cocaine or you want to do meth or you want to do whatever, whatever gets you through. I mean, people could say that about really anything, but as long as you're not harming somebody or you're not infringing on somebody else's rights to do what they want to do, but
1: or hurting yourself. I mean, it's but that's their business if they're hurting themselves, you know. And you you can't convince an alcoholic or an addict to get sober. You're never gonna do it. You can't make anybody get sober. Yeah, and because I tried to make my mom get sober, like for so long, and. sometimes it can work right no never I mean there's shows about interventions and stuff and like breaking down some people's barriers but it takes you hitting your bottom ultimately most of the time you've got to hit your bottom I hit my bottom there has I, to
0: be a reason to change. Yeah,
1: I hit my bottom in Florida, man. When I was I was staying out all night every night, and then and got kicked out of a bar because a bag of coke fell out of my friend's pocket, and then I caught coming out of the bathroom with it, and um, and that was really humbling. Let me tell you that that was really. I've never been kicked out of anywhere in my life, and I was like, oh my god, no, this is not me.
2: Yeah.
1: But then the but then I'm I. I kept doing it though but in a lesser amount and then I hit another bottom here in Charleston whenever I realized I really can't drink like a normal person even though I can go days without it I'm not the kind there's a bunch of different types of drinkers you know like there's people who drink all day every day there's people who are binge drinkers I'm a binge drinker so I'm the kind who like I'll go out and I'll drink a whole bunch But I would smoke weed in between, and that was, like, my other thing. So I'd, like, drink whenever I went out, but I wouldn't keep it in the house because I was trying to, like, be good on the days that I wasn't drinking. But then I started getting prescribed Klonopin, and then my psychiatrist told me I was supposed to quit drinking, and I couldn't.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was getting sloppy at gigs. And I almost fell on my drummer one night. And that wasn't good. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you don't want to fall on your drummer yeah. uh and i was like okay and then i started to feed into my people addiction more and then i just was wild and out there and just like i don't give a fuck anymore about myself because i i just i just didn't i was just like an open wound i was a walking wound basically and like slowly but surely like, the wound is getting healed. Like, I've got some stitches that yeah. that are... I like that. Yeah. But I guess I should play some music. Yeah, should I mean, I we talked music?
0: about it. Um, I think you said you had three or four songs that you wanted to play that kind of chronologically maybe kind of takes you through some of yeah. your progress and your program and, and whatever you yeah. want to call it.
1: And I also got this super dope tattoo. I don't yeah, I've got a tattoo. Let's see. see um, I, I just got I this this morning. Can you see it on there? Yeah. yeah, and it says serenity, courage, and wisdom in it, which is the serenity prayer, which is super, super, super important to me.
0: That is awesome.
1: Um, And, and- shout out to Blue Gorilla Tattoo. Tim Dennis did an amazing job, and I love this tattoo so much. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll tag those guys in the, in the post. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think we went live, to be honest with you, but <laughs> who knows? It's
3: all right. I can't right.
0: find it on here, but it's going to go up. It's going to be live eventually, but um, yeah, who knows what It's
1: happens. all right. <laughs> you're treating it like it's live it's yeah. e- either way so I'm playing you have to remember I'm playing with a fresh tattoo in the center of my arm so I'm trying I don't think <laughs> I can do it because I
0: remember how this one felt when I had it done and, and it's uh, very abrasive
1: well I'm, I'm lucky that he I thought he was going to do it full color today so the fact that he didn't color it in he's like your skin needs time to heal with all the, this Yeah, is, I mean it's, is that's still a little tattoo. bit of
0: shading here and there for sure but, oh yeah he put yeah. in
1: some shading and I mean I kind of like it as is. Like, part of me doesn't want to, like, do anything more with it. But also with color, it will be super cool. But anyways. Now,
0: well, let's go to that for a second. So you said the serenity prayer. Uh, What's the significance? Is there any more significance in there? I mean, I see some different things. Some petals, a dagger. I mean... Yes. eye there.
1: Absolutely. So um, I love eyeballs. I have another eyeball tattoo on my left arm that was also done at Blue Gorilla, but it was on Friday the 13th, and I waited nine hours for Ooh. it. So that was an adventure. But I was like, I'm committed. <laughs> but I also, I got, ow, ow. I'm not going to bend my arm. Never mind. Um, I got a second tattoo uh, that day, too. So you know, Friday the 13th deals, they, like, do, you know, $13 tattoos yeah. with a mandatory tip of, like, 14 bucks,
2: hmm.
1: But it's whatever. Um, but it's... It, anyways, the, um, I've wanted a dagger tattoo for a while, and originally what I was going to get... This kind of shows some growth, was, um, the lyrics to one of the songs I'm going to play, It Hurts But I Think I Like It. Um, it's called... The song's called I Like It. But, um... The phrase, it was both like kind of like a kinky thing, but also like and it, in the song, it's, a, it's like a double entendre type deal. Like it's like emotion and like physically, you know, and so I thought that I'd be like badass, whatever, like, you know, it hurts, but I think I like the pain,
0: yeah. you know, <laughs> so. That like a good uh, Joan Jet song or something.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. so I, but then I decided whenever I went back and got sober... Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that serenity, courage, and wisdom were the big reminders I needed rather than living in the pain and self-pity because that is a place that I will curl up in a ball and reside for quite some time if I allow myself. Um, In the dagger, it's like the sword of truth basically like it's 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 kind of like cutting through the bullshit like cutting through the lies that i that i tell myself about myself the like lies that other people put on you a big thing that my mentor says to me is like try it on does it fit if not discard that shit that rhyme <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 yeah if it doesn't fit discard it if it does think about it work on it you know and so um, and also this it's kind of interesting that I this has been designed since my god he designed this for me in the beginning of March I was supposed to get it but then corona happened yeah and so it's been all this time and the eye is like a third eye your intuition mm-hmm. um, and also uh, pineal gland yeah and the symbol in the middle um, is a triangle with a circle which is signifies a little bit of the program that i am working so um it it's it's a very it's a it's a recovery tattoo for sure but it's also empowerment um and like i've got some fight left in me you know to fight the good fight which is the song my newest song that i'll play but um that this one no, okay, I'm, I'm so gonna no. play. I, I think I guess I should start from the beginning. So I, I probably should have played this when we first started talking. But this is the first song that I ever wrote to completion. Like I said, I used to just write songs, like I would just cry. <laughs> it's so sad. I would cry and just sing in my house. And that was my way of coping. And I would just cry as I sang so much emotion like came out of me. And I wrote Only when I was in pain, because that's when I felt the most inspired.
0: That's where a lot of songs come from, right?
1: It really is. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, But now I'm trying to find inspiration to write happy but not cheesy songs. Or, like, inspirational stuff. Rather than, like, everything sucks, you're an asshole, you know? Yeah. But this one...
0: But that's the ebb and flow of life, right? I mean, that's the yin and yang of life. Sometimes it's, it's going to be that suffering song, and sometimes you're back to the happy songs.
1: Absolutely. We I mean, look
0: at Taylor Swift. Well, maybe she goes all. Taylor Swift. I'm
1: not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift.
0: I don't know a lot of people that are. I like her, but Jeez.
1: I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. I, I liked her song, uh... The, I knew you were trouble when you walked in, and all good. the memes that came with that because I was in college when that came out, and so like the treble clef coming through the door, like I knew you were treble when yeah. you walked in. <laughs> 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 it's terrible, but um, all right. So, what
0: is this song? What's the story behind this song? The story behind it?
1: this song is, this song is called. I shortened it to holes for you, right. but um, I call this is the first song I ever wrote to completion. It's called "Forever Filling the Holes," is what I usually say. It's called. um, And it really... I was struggling. I had um, been raped. I had been struggling with an eating disorder. I had started drinking a lot more, smoking a lot more. Um, And I basically ended up writing about it because the guy who raped me, I also fell in love with. And then he raped me more later. And it was just, I've had, I've had an interesting life. Um, It's a lot of struggle and pain, which comes out in my songs, but has made me the person who I am. And I hope to like use this message and maybe this will help somebody like knowing like you're not alone. Like, unfortunately this happens to so many more people than you would think. Sure. And Like, I hope my music can help. And then if I can be a resource for you, like, reach out through Facebook, whatever. Like, talk to me. I'm here. Um, I'm more than happy to help anyone who feels that they're struggling with any, anything, really. I just, I want to, I am open to whatever the God of my understandings will is for my life. And I know that a big part of that is to help heal people, Um, whether it's through my music my Reiki healing, sound healing, because I want to do sound healing as well, um, and using the music therapy training that I have, I can't be a music therapist because I don't have that diploma. know, <laughs> I finished. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm sure you can without but, the piece of paper. But this is um, this song came from it, it. I wrote it after after I was raped and just feeling really disrespected as like an invaded and it uh, just basically my whole life up until then is is what it was about okay forever filling
3: the holes forever hiding the pain forever feeling this way
1: Thank you so that was, yeah that
0: was emotional for me
1: really <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a that
0: was a rough song
1: it it, it i was in a lot of pain um yeah. and i i mean it's funny that you know in the bridge i say <clears throat> eat, eat it up girl I, I was struggling with binge eating disorder um with a hint of bulimia um mm-hmm. uh eat it up girl take it up girl you know like sex stuff like bottle it up girl i was talking about drinking suck it up and like i like smoking whatever like those were like all my vices that i was just when it's funny like looking back like i had no idea i had a problem i had no idea i just knew i was miserable i just knew i was hurting so bad and i don't play that song very often because it's so freaking heavy and it's meant for piano but um it's easier to just bring my guitar here rather than my right so you play multiple
0: instruments yes
1: i play um i play guitar i play ukulele kind (laughs) of mediocre uh i get by on the ukulele but um my first instrument i ever learned how to play was piano actually so um my parents forced me into piano lessons I said, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And my mom said, you'll thank me someday. And she was right. Thank you, Mom.
0: Yeah. Uh, So. Now, I ask a lot of people this um, every time they talk about playing multiple instruments. But does one help you play the other? I mean, do you feel like the piano led into anything else? Is there any similarities into those things? I mean, I know it's just all notes, but.
1: Um I mean I guess like just to understand music in general yeah but like piano and guitar are so different for me yeah. for for me like I mean there's scales like that like there's like the same like you know chords notes sound the same on both and whatever and scales like so like my the theory knowledge that I gained through piano helped me with guitar so but, do you actually
0: know music, read music, or do yes. you just play by ear? Yes. Both?
1: Well, going to school to be a music therapist, I had to take four semesters in music theory. So I had to get very in-depth into it, That's and good. it sucked. I was not, because it's very mathematical, and I'm not good at math. Music is very, it's a very, it's a, like, a mathy thing, you know? Um, but I'm I'm more the artist-creative side and not so much the mathy-technical kind, so, like... I'm, I'm just a messy artist yeah. you know at heart and I struggled with music theory and I'm really grateful for the friends I had that helped me study and I'd have to go in early to class to like get tutoring because aural theory like they would play something on the piano and be like write what I just played hmm.
3: and I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah, I would have
0: just walked out of the class
3: it was so, it was so <laughs> right, hard I'm, out I'm out like, of here. I have
1: to do four levels of yeah. Isn't one good enough? But no, you they wanted you to be very well-rounded as a musician. And um, and that was really important. And it helped me, absolutely. But I've been able to read music since I was a little kid because I was forced to play piano. Yeah. Um, But I didn't like playing piano until I realized I could play piano and sing at the same time. It's like...
0: So singing is more of your forte voice
1: yeah voice i was a classic voice classical voice concentration in college and in high school i was the president of drama club so there's musical theater in my voice i just can't get it out and i don't really want to but like no, it's like musical theater with a little grit you Mm -hmm. know and a little bit of soul to it um that you'll hear come out in my other songs but um Yeah, musical theater was my life, and I liked that a lot more than playing an instrument. But then, when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I started playing piano while singing, and I remember, like, some of the first songs I learned were um, "Stay" by Rihanna and "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, and um, like "And uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay," but the Sarah Bareilles version. But I ended up doing that for a talent show. And I liked that a lot more than just playing, because just playing was playing piano classically just was not fun for me. But now it kind of is, like, but I just play by muscle memory. Like I can play like Faralise, like the da 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 I still remember how to play that, but that's about all I got. But I haven't tried to read music in a while. And they say if you don't use it, you lose it. So, like, sight reading is what they call it whenever you are just, like, reading something for the first time. Like, the first time and playing it as you read it. It's like reading a book, but you're doing something also. Right. But,
0: I mean, at this point, with what you're doing, I mean, you don't really need to, right? I mean, you can just kind of go by by ear and just kind of jump in with anybody that you're playing with.
1: Yeah. I can go by ear a lot. That's something that's grown in me. Um... And I don't but the thing is, I would never just be like the guitar player for a band or just the keyboard player for a band. Like my voice is my biggest asset for anything, really. I mean, that's my strongest instrument. And so, I mean, maybe if I I worked harder on my instruments, which I haven't recently, unfortunately, I probably would be able to be like the keyboardist for a band but i i stopped playing music in my addiction like for the most part i i was in a band um and we had some gigs like here and there but like when i moved to pittsburgh <clears throat> so I not the mood but a, not a the mood. it was a band i was in a band called lesion sex drive in Florida. Very interesting band <laughs> name, I know. I didn't come up with it. Uh, but I was a part of that band. It was a mostly gay band. It was in, like, we performed mostly in the gayberhood and had, like, a 40-year-old lesbian and up age group following. And um, it was, but that's because of the lead singer. That was, like, they were all her friends and stuff. And so I, I became her backup singer, and I became her keyboard player. And so, um, I performed with them. But when I moved to Pittsburgh for those eight months, I barely played a lick of music. I didn't touch it. I was so depressed, and I was just so fucked in the head that I was just like,
0: "Yeah." I mean, the musicians just go through seasons anyway. I mean, is that just part of the process?
1: I, it's for some people. Yeah, I mean, I I recently did an amazing, um, retreat called purpose spark retreat. Um, it was an online retreat where they paired up with sat song. I don't know if you've ever heard of that band, but it's a really awesome, awesome band. And the lead singer's name is drew and he is like what the kids would call woke AF. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, he's in recovery too. And he is, and he's a podcast as well. And like they have like the sat song movement. It's, and that's really where my idea of like the way to solve this is like through love. Like that's really what he said. He's like, love and understanding. That's really like the only way. But um, I forget where I was going with that. Why did I mention him? Um, shoot. I hate when I do that. Yeah, it happens. I did it a lot more when I smoked weed, though. (laughs) All the time. That That was a problem. I was like, I would be going somewhere. I'd be like, oh, shit. But, um, no, I did this awesome... Well, kind of
0: in that same... So, let me ask you a question on that, then. So, do you have a direction that you're... I mean, I know I've heard you sing, like, Alanis Morissette and some Four Non-Blondes, different, you know, cult music, um, popular culture-type music. But do you... With your addiction and with uh, religious background, different things. Do you find yourself? Do you lean towards a certain style of music, like religious style style music? No.
1: Oh, I I say that so strongly. I'm Uh,
0: like, I I was like, wow. No.
1: um, (laughs) It's trauma related. Really, it's just like when your parents are like drinking themselves to death. And And I I didn't mean
0: to pick on religion. It's okay. No, but when they're music about. Addiction, or music about right. religion, or no. Music I'm saying about the music addiction.
1: about religion. I call it Jesus music. Yeah, I don't like it, and I don't like it because basically, growing up, like watching my parents drink themselves to death, and then like play worship music in the well, background. Not, to death. not well. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it 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 got bad in recent years. Um, but I'm um, like I said, thankfully they're they're doing a lot better but i did actually lose yeah. my aunt to alcoholism um two weeks into my recovery so mm-hmm. like when i say people do drink themselves to death they, they freaking do like she literally ended up in the icu um her liver completely failed and she was yellow as it, it gets it gets freaking ugly um but anyways they would play like worship music and then like be doing all this other stuff and i'm just like what like this just none of this does not compute like you know this like and so the hypocrisy basically pissed me off so much that like if i hear like i can only imagine i'm like ah! like turn it off yeah and my siblings feel the same way they hate that type of music all right um, well, there you go but i i, I answers my question yeah <laughs> i really but i but you know like, I do, in one of my songs, um, it's a, a song I play on piano. It's called, Can You Hear Me? It's like, I am crying out to God or something, you know? Like, it's, I'm saying, Can you hear me? I'm screaming now. And like, Are you there? Are you even listening to me? Right. And it's like, you know, that's possibly, like, I am talking to God, you know? Uh, so... God was always there. It's just my understanding changed and mm. my acceptance of it changed. Um, But also I made people my God. My my boyfriends, my girlfriends, my, like, people I'd be involved with. Like, they would become...
0: Well, it's funny because I was just thinking of that when you were singing that lyric right there that... Um... You know, that person could be talking about God, or they could be talking about their girlfriend, or their boyfriend, or their parents. I mean, it could have a meaning for something different for anybody that listens to it and interprets it. Right,
1: and that's what it was meant to be, is whatever you interpret it to be. Um, But for me, I didn't know what I... I didn't want to say that it was God, because I was mad at God. Right. But I wrote that my senior year of college, and I was already mad at God. Um. Because things that just, basically, all a lot of it comes down to control. I've got a control problem, like, where I want to control things, and I realize that I can't control. If I'm feeling a negative emotion, it's because there's something going on outside of myself that I want to control that I can't control.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's something I came to realize. And I can't control my family. I can't control anybody but myself. And who I allow, and you know, I can I can't control people, but I can control who I allow to be like around me. And that's something like boundaries was not something I had growing up. I was I could not comprehend what a boundary was. But well, that's part of the prayer,
0: right? Is give me the strength, uh, whatever. That yeah, thing is. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: God grant me the strength <clears throat> to accept the things I, I cannot, cannot contr- change, yeah. the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Because yeah. sometimes we're like. We don't know what's up or down or left or right. And so, um, but I would blame, I blame people for my problems. People and God, but mostly, not really even God so much. It was more like people and like, look at what you did to me. And that's like what I said at the end of Forever Filling the Holes is like, uh, forever trying to see why you did this to me and um, you broke me. And you tore me apart. Now I need a new start. Um, that was more talking about my biological father. Um, but I realize now, like, I was, I, I was never broken. I was just a little cracked and uh, cracked out. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that once, hated it. Um, but <laughs> not a good idea. Um, but I... I just had, like I said, I was a walking gaping wound for so long, and just like woe is me, did this to me. And um, this next song I'm gonna play was more when I moved into my anger phase, and so it's called "Are You Happy Now." And this is when I was the activities director at the retirement. I got a
0: Cheryl Crow song or something.
1: What? Just kidding. I could. I, no, like I said, Isn't that a Sheryl Crow? Oh, so I feel like I've heard that too. Oh, is it? Before, but. No, I was going to say, I could play. What? What's the song by Sheryl Crow that I, I like to play? Shit. I like to play. There's one that I played it the other day that it, if it makes you happy. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. can't yeah. be that bad. I'm going to take this off actually to play. Yeah, that's cause fine. Because it was throwing me off a little bit. All right. <clears throat> yeah, a little
0: delay or something
1: maybe a little bit I don't know sorry if my hair is all poofy. I'm getting it cut next week finally since quarantine it's been forever
0: <laughs> this is are you happy now this is are maybe. you
1: happy now cool. okay. I have to remember the chorus that's it alright
3: Yes.
0: But it's angry though. Mm-hmm. Upbeat and angry. If you yes. can have both, I got to turn the the volume back up a little bit. I had to had to notch it down just. Oh to yeah, I
1: get loud, and so I was a, I was a little afraid of that. Of getting no, so that's loud fine. for you. But uh, yeah. So that one that was awesome. Thank I like that you. One. I wrote that whenever I was. Um,
0: and we are live, by the way. Oh, we are. I just I put it on the wrong page, so it's on my craft conversations page instead of my personal page, which I meant to do it the reverse, but.
3: It's
1: all right.
0: Oh, well. We're here. I finally found it, so.
1: Well, (laughs) I hope I didn't sound like a fool. No. So I hope hope I'm I'm making sense to peoples. Uh, But yeah, um, so that song, I was in a pretty toxic relationship with someone who is now like one of my best friends. Like we are on really great terms now, but um, he moved to Florida with me from Philadelphia. And... We were in and out of a relationship while living together, and it was kind of disastrous, very disastrous. And that's where my coke use began. Hmm. Um,
0: so wait, so we got coke, we got marijuana, we got alcohol. Is that that's that's all I did. The main thing,
1: yeah. okay. Um, I, I mean, I took some pills one time. Someone like handed me, I don't know what they were, one night. It was a really bad night. I was really uncomfortable, and so I was just like. Hmm you know, take whatever, you know, to make me more comfortable, because someone was really invading my space, and I wasn't okay with it, but they weren't listening when I said no, and so I got myself as messed up as possible, so I'd be okay with it, and that's the really ugly side of things sometimes, you know, but, um, anyways... Um, but I, I I've done some hallucinogens as well. Um, nitrous was fun. I liked nitrous a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, the balloons, like you know, you get, like the laughing gas. That's not really a hallucinogen, right. but um, I've done Shoot, right? mushrooms and I've done LSD. And honestly, I had I I did LSD like three times, and once was, like, a really amazing spiritual experience, and sure. it really depends on who you're around and who you're with. I think that medicinally, like, you know, tripping can can be beneficial for, for people. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're doing a lot of microdosing right now with uh, PTSD patients and different Absolutely. things like the TBI and things, so... They're mm-hmm. finding big benefits to that dementia, I think, as well. Some dementia
1: too. That's awesome. I yeah. I have I have a whole.
0: Just it, it, they're finding it kind of reconnects some synapses in the brain
1: or yeah. whatever. and you know, it, not just in magic mushrooms, but in mushrooms in general, there's so many healing properties. And there's like, I mean, a lot of people believe that the cure to cancer is somewhere hidden in the mushroom like we just got to find it or they're just keeping it from us to make more money. I mean, that's government conspiracy but well, whatever. Yeah. Um but I yeah, um the one time I did shrooms I was already drinking and I just puked them up. So that didn't turn out too well. But um the uh I I I took like half of one and had like a good trip one time, but it wasn't like that heavy of a trip. But like when I like really like tripped, tripped, I was it was um with my cousin and like with really good people around me for the most part and like they guided me through it cuz they all like they they like it's a trip for a living not really but like the the guy who I got it from like he was from the west coast and stuff and like he was uh living with them at the time and he was like really um he was he's like they call him the wizard so he's like this. He looks like the Jolly Green Giant. Like he's like this wizard guru man who wears this uh maroon velvet robe and just nice. like hands you drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's he's pretty. He's he's an awesome person though. But I I had to fly the next day so to Florida. So I was up all night and then I was up for like. 36 hours basically, or 48 hours, um, because I was still tripping on the airplane, yeah. And I wrote high thoughts like from the airplane, like, or like tripping thoughts, and like I still have them on my phone in a note because they were really deep, insightful, like important things,
0: yeah. And are they in a song anywhere? Or...
1: No, yeah. they're not in a song anywhere, but they are they are okay. in my phone, but they, um, but like one of them was something that the the wizard said to me. It was, like, you know, do more things that make you happy with who you are. You know, that was, that was a big revelation. It's, like, stop trying to people, please, basically. Like, do things that make you feel good about being you. And I'm like, but I don't even know who I am, you know? And also, like, it taught me about, like, you know, even... Like, with boundaries, like, there's some people trying to get, there's a person trying to get kind of with me that night, and I kept saying no, and that's a common theme, no means no. (laughs) Listen. It does. Damn it. Like, (laughs) even in my, even in my barely functional, like, not even knowing what time it was state, like, I still was, like... Like, I was able to stand up for myself and be like, no. And also, my cousin and her boyfriend at the time, they were spinning fire poi And it was so cool, like, watching their fire poi and stuff. And I will never look at a sunrise or a sunset the same way again. Because when I watched the sun come up, I wish I was sleeping at that point. I was so mad I was awake. But that's also, that's, that's what I hated about cocaine. And that's why I'm an addict, is because I don't want to come down. Ever, like it, because coming down is like the worst thing, and so I would just have to keep doing it. And when it's time to come down, then I would start to hate myself, and and then I started to get into that place. But at the same time, marveling at the sky and like the mute, the beautiful, mere miraculous, like no two sunsets are the same, no two sunrises are the same, and like that's a blessing I think from God that like we see every day.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you talk about cocaine, I mean, that can be with anything, right? I mean, it could be with uh, caffeine, it can be with a cigarette. I mean, you, oh,
1: absolutely. you people to
0: chain smoke or they need that coffee every single day or two, three, four of them a
2: day. Right. I mean,
1: yeah. The Cocaine for me was They're all that drugs. thing. Though. Yeah. Oh, they are. They are all drugs. And, you know, like cocaine originally comes from a plant, you know, opiates, they originally come from a plant, uh, kratom or kratom, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. a relative of the coffee tree, but guess what? I it that took me back out my first time. Did it? It did because it mimics cocaine. It mimics opiates, like it's like close but not close enough. You know what I mean. And so you like reach a little further, and then eventually yeah. you're just like, fuck it.
0: Right. Interesting.
2: And
1: that's why in Florida, well, in Florida they got a ton of Kava and kratom bars, um, but I have not yet to see one here in Charleston. But that was a big thing in Florida. I'm
0: trying um, to think. I've, I swear I've seen one like on Dorchester Road or something. But and they
1: had CBD cafes down there too, which was cool. Like they would just have. And I, I, I will use CBD products and stuff. Like I'm not against CBD's. Not a, it has no psychoactive. Well, that was anything. That so. was
0: gonna be one of my questions because, you know, some people. I don't know how many people. I don't know what the numbers are, mm-hmm. but there are some people that say I'm an alcoholic, but. I can, I can still do some weed and I'm okay. Or the vice versa, whatever. I mean, but you're nothing.
1: So, I... Take- and, I, you know, I even
0: talked to, you know, we talked about Corey.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: everybody knows Corey. He was on the podcast. But, um, you know, I even asked him that question. I said, what do you think, you know, when you go to a meeting or whatever you do, and they all they do is they serve you tons of coffee all night, and, and everybody's outside smoking cigarettes during the breaks. I mean, I, f- I don't know. Do you feel like you're kind of trading one... Addiction for another.
1: In a way. You know, even a donut, it,
0: sugar, whatever. But. Right.
1: Weed, weed though, is more mind-altering than those other substances. And, and And it's true. And it took me, and I'll be completely honest and transparent here because I want to live my truth. Even though I haven't smoked, I'm sorry, I haven't drank or done cocaine since September 28th, I relapsed on weed because I thought I could do it. Yeah. Because I thought it was the lesser evil. So I just opened
0: the door to to the other stuff again. It That's didn't. I, I
1: no. I didn't go back to the other stuff. Okay. So I smoked half a joint with um, my boyfriend at the time back in January, and um, then my my sponsor at the time told me, you know, you you got to start your count over. Your time that you've had up till here doesn't doesn't matter.
0: That always sucks, right? And
1: I was pissed off. And then he broke up with me a few days later and I lost my shit and almost had to go to the hospital because I wanted to die. Like I was, I, I had so wrapped myself up in this person and made him and his daughter my, like everything. And I I felt like I had this family that I'd always wanted, and I it was so painful. And he broke up with me over Facebook Messenger. Who yeah. does that? You know? Like, especially when you live in the same damn city, and we were yeah. supposed to go to brunch together that day. And so he broke up with me, and I lost it. And I, but I didn't, uh, but that, that night that he broke up with me, is when Corey and I started to get close, actually. <laughs> um, and we became closer friends. And he talked to me for like two hours that night. But I, I in front of a group of people, picked up a white chip, you know, which is sign of surrender. Um, yeah. Like saying to everybody, yep, I fucked up you know, but I was, but I didn't want to let go of the time that I had because I'm like, I still haven't, I still haven't drank, like, I still haven't done coke, like, those are worse, like, right. and Right, you should so, have separate chips or something, right? Right, that's what I feel <laughs> like there should be, yeah. you know, and so that's kind of why I go to two different fellowships, but one says, like, we will stay away from cocaine and all mind-altering substances, and the other one's just alcohol, but okay. I personally, like, I that's so that's why I was going to separate them and be like for one like all of my sober time in this one and then my sober time in this one but then that's like me just trying to play mind games with myself and right. with everybody like no no and yeah, I had you're just really, giving
0: yourself an out probably Yeah
1: and so I had a really good talk with um in the Purpose Spark program that I I did that um online retreat um a man who was also in recovery, he told me that he relapsed on weed and he had been sober since 2008. And he now only counts his sober time since 49 days ago, which was the day I talked to him a few days ago. Um, so it's 50 some days for him now. But he was like, I only count it from this time because you know, it's but a symptom. It's like us, like we're sick and that's a symptom. Of our illness is us using and going and doing these things. Because it is a spiritual sickness. And I'm like, shit, you're right. And I did go... So, the last... I did some edibles over quarantine. And then I kind of... I And then I stopped again. And then I smoked... I bought some weed and I smoked half a bowl. And I immediately was like that and th- this was May 9th. I I, I I bought weed. I went and I ran to like the head shop down the street, got I bought a bowl and a grinder and everything and like and I was like fully intending on replacing my clonopin with it because I'm like, it's better for me, right? It's better. But yeah. the thing is clonopins not really it's not as, even though it is a, a something that you can get addicted to, I use it as prescribed. And it's not psychoactive for me. Like it doesn't make me feel any other kind of way. Right. But when I smoked, I thought But I mean it can just
0: be depending on the weed too, right? The strain of weed. Also or whatever, the strain so I right?
1: had some hard shit. Like it, it was it was some it was some it was that loud that I was singing about. Like smoking that loud.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was it was <clears throat> and I um, you know, if I lived in a state where medicinal was legal Um, I'd want to go to a doctor and get prescribed something possibly, you know, but um, I
0: mean you would want to, or you would want to, I think I
1: I, I would, I would, that's something I think I would seek out rather than being on a benzodiazepine,
0: (coughs) which you mean being a good thing or a bad thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Oh, you would seek it out and that's bad or you would seek it out. I think
1: that was, I think that it could be good if it's like the right strength it's titrated, like, it, 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 titrated it's, right exactly if like people who know what they're doing and not just buying it off the street because this was just some like really high level thc stuff and i for the first time ever smoked and got anxious as fuck right. and i immediately realized i don't want to do this
0: right well that's what they say about regulation right is it helps to to regulate the weed and make sure that everything kind of stays in line with the strain that it's supposed to be and you just, you know, right. if you're getting it off the street. You just don't know what you're getting.
1: Exactly. Um, But I can, I, part of me, part of me says that like, you know, I, I would want to be prescribed it like by a doctor if I lived in a medicinal state. But then another part of me, the part of, I, I truly don't think that I need it. Right. I, I think that I can live without it and not think, I know I can because I have. And and have been way better off. So basically, the last time I smoked, I called my my sponsor while stoned out of my mind. Was texting Corey. <laughs> I was and I was just like so mad at myself. Um and but and I was mad at myself for throwing away all the money that I threw away and everything. And my but my my mentor was like, "But is this is this you?" throwing it away like it's a lesson like you're you invested in an intensive course in life
2: yeah.
1: you know and you just learned that this is not it's not for you anymore your vibration she's super hippy dippy and just like me and i love her uh she's like your vibration has raised above that now and you know that it doesn't serve you in your highest self and i'm like yeah you're right absolutely and, you know, she was like, maybe return it to Mother Earth. Like, go bury it in your backyard. So I went and buried it in the night. It was night. It was dark. I dug a hole with my bare hands in the ground. And I'm just like, I give it back to you. Like, that's some high <laughs> shit. And yeah. so, like, I, I buried it in the ground the night before Mother's Day. And um, so May 10th is my new sobriety date. Um and I, but I feel like I want to preface that all the time with the, but I haven't smoked. Or I mean, I haven't drank, and I haven't, and I wasn't smoking the whole time. I just yeah, and that I should only, matter. I'm like, Definitely. I only smoked twice, and I realized it wasn't right. And I did some edibles in between, but it's not like I was just out there like getting stoned twenty four seven. Like it wasn't like I've. It was a relapse, but it wasn't like hardcore. Like it could have been. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's... I'm proud of myself for that. And I'm allowed to be proud of myself. And some people judge me. And I'm afraid kind of to go back to things now that they're open. Because, like, I'm afraid of the people who are my friends to judge me. But I know that if, like, they do, then they're not for me. But I don't want to hear people's like I told you so's or like and this or that or the other thing because it's just like that's not helpful you know but I can't control like I said I can't control other people but I can control who I allow myself to be around
2: right
1: um but um so this third song I'm gonna play for you my arm is getting tired on the last one resting it here and it's like turning red now it's that's getting fine. all I mean, swollen and shit
0: Wrap it whenever you want to wrap it. But we uh, let's t- see where we're at right now. Where are we at? An hour and 34 minutes. Okay. This guy, this camera over here lasts usually about an hour and 45 minutes, 50 minutes or so. My other cameras should be good. They're fine so far. So,
1: Okay. Whatever
0: you want to do. I'll just One song, it. two songs, five more songs.
1: I'll play two more. Um, Well, this, I want to play this one because... Really not five more songs. No, <laughs> not five more. No, I'm going to play no. two more and I'll... I'll this is... <laughs>
0: I like it is that the one you're going to do
1: that's i like it yeah so i'm going to take this off again
0: okay
1: and we'll move this back again so this is i like <laughs> it and it's going to be a
0: powerful vocal as well yes or? okay so i'll, I'll turn this uh, down just a little bit i'm
1: trying not to bump hopefully the hopefully it's coming out, out right on the live i don't know <laughs> if
0: you're listening to it live right now guys it's going to be out in the morning on youtube and podbean and spotify and all those places you can listen to the recorded version hopefully a little bit better version but
1: Right. Should be good
0: live. I don't know.
1: I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is I like it. It's the, the tattoo I said I was going to get originally that says I, it hurts, but I think I like it through the ribbon instead. Uh, so this, this that's where the inspiration, this is where the inspiration came from. Me, but I think you love to watch me leave, and I got a feeling the stock is of assets that I've achieved, you like it when I'm here, but you don't care when I go, to be honest it makes me feel like I'm
3: even more alone, but it's so good butterflies when you call me on the phone, I don't listen when people tell me I should leave this alone, and it's hard to talk about right now.
1: It's no fun to be alone. My racing thoughts chasing, but my body is ablazing every time you It's too late, I don't care, no fuck's given, this body's so hard to live in, everybody's got an opinion, give me this once I should listen, but this
3: is me, everything you see and don't see, I wear my heart upon my sleeve, I can't sleep, can't eat.
1: It hurts, but I think I like it. Awesome. Thank you. Really cool. So that's where I like it came from. Um And I'll talk a little bit about this next one before I sing it. Put my headphones back on here.
0: Now is there... Real quick, is there an album or something? Do you have an EP album? Have you I thought about recording these? I
1: need to, and I have a place that I want to go to. I like I've I've I just haven't done it. There's a lot going on in my life right now. It's, I was talking to you a little bit before this started about how my 20 um, year old sister is about to move here by the end oh, of the I month from Seattle. That. So right now, I'm trying to find a place that'll take a 90 pound American Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Um, my pit bull and two cats.
0: Not and, take them, but take like all, rent, all of you. Like guys. rent us?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, not take them. No, no, no. We would. Oh my god, she's moving here to become a dog trainer. Okay, so like, there's no way we would ever give that up.
0: Right. How, how big you, you said? Chug, Nin- chug,
1: Ninety pounds. Chug. He, his name's Big Stanley. He is ninety pounds.
0: Okay, because yeah, Leia downstairs. She's um, I think she's right at sixty right now. She's she's getting a little hefty.
1: Yeah, Zena, my I have uh my pit bull is twins with his and um, she is forty seven pounds. Last she was at the vet.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm gonna try a little bit of that. I have to chug, chug, chug. There you go. Um, but yeah. Um,
0: what did you think about the first one? Uh, did do we even talk about the beer uh, the, the kombucha? we, we
1: talked to I, you know honestly, I like, liked it. I like the ginger one the hibiscus ginger a lot more. I it said, was very, I very said good. that tastes like health
0: oh, that's right you did say that up front. I it's, thought it was a good thing but now you said make it sound like it's it, medicinal health it's or something it
1: tastes it, it tastes more like um
0: damn it I wouldn't didn't even talk about these goddamn guys really
1: I mean, it's like, it. this tastes more like straight-up apple cider vinegar than, like, any of the others.
0: Okay, which is, you know, a big flavor that I mean, and it's let
1: Let's go through much. these real quick. Let, let's oh, do sure. a sidebar real quick.
0: Sure, I quick forgot sidebar. we even opened these guys up and didn't even talk about them. So,
1: oh, I love this one.
0: It's good? Mm. So we're doing a, um, we're doing craft kombucha today because we're not doing craft beer. You know, in craft conversations... You know, the original moniker was a little bit about craft beer, I guess, but really it's about crafting conversations, about crafting mm-hmm. music, it's about crafting art, it could be crafting anything. And today we're crafting music and we're drinking craft uh, kombucha here locally from Charleston. Um
1: One Love Kombucha. One Love
0: Kombucha. We are committed to crafting the highest quality kombucha. We source ingredients from South Carolina farms and honor traditional brewing techniques to ensure our kombucha is low in sugar. And full of beneficial pro- probiotics and i was telling a friend of mine earlier today when i bought these and i was looking at the uh, the ingredients because i kind of quit drinking kombucha because of the high sugar content i mean most that you buy are 21 grams of carbohydrates and higher probably oh, I mean, this some is of them are really 30s low. and 40s yeah this is like seven grams of carbohydrates seven, seven
1: grams of carbs and two grams of sugar
0: yeah so it's super super low i told her it was like uh a quarter of the sugar I'd normally see in a kombucha, so that was really, that was really good to me. I like that a lot, and that it's locally sourced and all that kind of good stuff. So
1: I'm big into local, <coughs> buy local, faux show. Right. And, so, this, and I really like the butterfly lavender. It's it smells very lavendery and it's and that's comforting. I love essential <coughs> oils. Excuse me. And stuff, so it's great. So, but the ginger hibiscus, it the the hibiscus ginger will always be my favorite. Then, so, as, as I've tried these two, like this one I know is good for me, so i drink it. You know what I mean? Because turmeric is so good for you.
0: Right. Let's talk about it for a second. So turmeric trio, it's a thirst quenching trio of turmeric, carrots, and citrus crafted to boost levels of vitamin C and help calm inflammation throughout the body. So that's what you had first.
1: Well, that's good because I just got this brand new tattoo that'll calm my inflammation.
0: There we go. I had the hibiscus ginger to begin with, which is a floral kiss of hibiscus flowers paired with a punch of ginger. Um, this flavor is our favorite way to start the day or to help settle an upset stomach, so that's good. I and have then, a bad
1: tummy, and so that's why I, or at least I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, but I don't respect that very much. So <laughs> I am big into like ginger. So
0: you're all lactose all- tolerant then? Uh, what? So you're lactose tolerant then? because you I, tolerate it i, I tolerate i tolerate
1: doses. the pain i guess yeah. but i try to take lactate pills but anyways i'm anytime something <clears> is ginger <throat> i'm like yes ginger because yeah. i know it'll help me tommy um the
0: yeah. last one we're drinking is the butterfly lavender. Right?
1: butterfly lavender
0: so fun refreshing notes of lavender plus the antioxidant anthocyanin uh, from butterfly pea flowers which also provides the vibrant color. Make this flavor pop. Makes this flavor popular as a cocktail mixer. Ooh, we don't want that. We don't want a cocktail mixer. But
1: well, I mean, that's fine. Like you guys, it. you guys can use it as a cocktail mixer. Like yeah. I'd be fine just sitting here, mm-hmm. you know. Like if you were drinking, like I wouldn't give a shit, you know. Like it's I like I that's what I figured it was gonna be. Is like you were gonna have beer and I was gonna have my kombucha. I don't really care. No. Like I'm. No, cool we've with had other people
0: in here that didn't drink. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm cool. We, we've we done do craft that. root beer. We've done craft kombucha before from uh, Coastal Coffee Roasters, locally made, a um, bunch of things. We do different things all the time. But
1: Heck yeah. Well, um, I was, can I, well, I guess we're coming up on, is, is that? Yeah, that camera dead, died, but the other, the other
0: two are still good. So okay. if cool. I can use some footage from that, I will. If not, no big deal. I just wanted to have a backup, some backup footage just in case. but.
1: Cool beans.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, one love kombucha. I'm digging it. Let's just let's just go there.
1: I'm digging like it as it. well. Hibiscus ginger is where it's at, though. For real, for real.
0: Uh, I didn't taste the first one, but between this and the lavender, I would say... Or between the lavender and, and the ginger, I would say I like the ginger better.
1: The ginger was... It's definitely my fave.
0: Yeah.
1: It is. But they had a
0: muscadine grape one that I really wanted to try, but they didn't have that one up there, so... Oh, yeah. What can you do?
1: But, I mean, where... I, I don't know where to... Other than the farmer's markets and... Um, I, I know the Cafe <clears throat> of Sweet Abundance in West Ashley, they they carry this. Um, my dear friend Annie O owns that, and, and uh, it's a vegan cafe. It's really great, because and my lactose intolerance, I like to order from there right. because they have vegan desserts and cookies. And, oh
0: my but gosh. are you vegan, or are you just like some of the vegan uh, stuff? No,
1: I just like their vegan mm-hmm. – She she makes vegan food. Amazing! Like it. It's like you can't tell that it's not real chicken on the sandwiches. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm trying not to knock this ever. Can no, I use the uh. semi-full one to see if I can hold this up? Here
0: yeah, try this. Let's see. If you prop it up against that.
1: Boom. I'm not wearing my glasses. And so for my new song that I'm going to play, I need to be able to read it and scroll. Oh, I, I thought
0: you were like self-recording or something.
1: Oh, no, no. All right, so I we're was gonna... thinking about it, but I, I wanted to play this newest song and um, talk a little bit about where I'm at now.
0: Okay. So we'll Excuse finish up with me. this one?
1: Yes. I'm sorry. I got those kombucha no, perks. No, let, let it out, man. That uh, it out. Better out than I always say. Or Shrek said.
0: Excuse me. Me too. Here we go. Oh well, shit. It didn't work either.
1: It's fine. We'll make it work. Stay. I just will make that um, like Can that. you put? Um, it's good. It's good. I think it's good. I was trying to zoom in on it and it wasn't letting me, but it's fine.
0: Put that underneath the phone Ooh, so it doesn't slide. Maybe
1: that's smart. I'm putting in a coaster. Those of you who are just listening, under the phone. There you go. Why won't you let me zoom in, son of a beach? fine oh my god
0: so this guitar here is this something you've had for a while is it just a guitar you got at the yard sale i mean what's the story behind the guitar it
1: was donated to me actually when i was the activities director of a retirement home it's an epiphone um it's been through a lot with me and it's currently broken on the inside like me just kidding (laughs) 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 it's the the aux um hookup fell inside so i've been like procrastinating on getting it fixed but i have a second guitar at home that's like an esp ltd it's blue like wood tiger stripes looking with like pearl mother pearl insets, it's so pretty but the action on it um i don't know if you know what that means but like pressing down on it it is really painful and um like the
0: strings itself the strings
1: it has high action which in the guitar world means like it it's you have to press really hard on the strings to Mm -hmm. not like see how like how that sounds terrible and that sounds good. It's like I have to press really hard, and then get ouchies on my fingers right. from pressing so hard. And so the, this one has pretty high action already. And then that one's action is just like, I I I have to take it somewhere to get it fixed, <clears throat> basically, so that I can play it again. Because that was or just first
0: get calloused, one. right? I mean,
1: yeah. But I mean, it's action's really high. Like I had Corey play it, and he was just like, shit you know but like this one's more reasonable but like i'm 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 want it to be like i've calluses like i've got calluses you know but it's like this one is reasonable the one i have at home it's not reasonable anymore because i had to get a replacement piece for this bridge up here if you can see like this little piece here
2: yeah
1: um where the the first string is the high e i'd played my guitar so much um, in Florida, being the activities director, that it totally broke off, like, this corner piece. And so I replaced this bridge, and it was, and so now it stands up too high, so that's why it's, like, pressing down. Is I got gotcha. you painful. But anyways. Yeah. So this song that I wrote, I was inspired by my Purpose Spark retreat that I did with um, two amazing individuals who lead it. Um,
0: fight the Good Fight, right?
1: Fight the Good Fight, yes. Okay. Um, this amazing, um, retreat was led by, uh, two amazing men named Adam Elfers and Gregory Bogard and, um, and also in, um, combination with, uh, Drew from Satsang and his wife, Summer. And, um, look up Satsang if you haven't heard, um, their music. It is so uplifting and just, like, full of, like, love and power energy. It's awesome. But um, we did, like, a full moon ritual retreat thing. And I was just so inspired by the magical people that I met on there and their talents. It was kind of like an open mic. And I was just like, these people are just magical freaking humans. And I just had a song flow out of me. And I haven't written a song to completion, like, in, in since... It's been, it's been, like, a year. And so it was a big deal for me to actually have written a song because these songs that I wrote, the last one I played, I wrote like two, three years ago. And then the one before that, I wrote the year before. So, and then the other one was from when I was 19 or 20. And so, um, it's like, you know, I'll have a few songs, but I've got a few other ones, but like they're on piano. So these are my guitar songs. But anyways, this um, this was this is a song about you know rising from the ashes and living your truth and <clears throat> following your purpose and like what my mission is in life um and why I feel like I'm here. So I'm gonna take my headphones off again and push this mic away from me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I got it. It's another big, big vocal. Maybe.
1: Uh, some of it. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Excellent. That's a great song to end on. It's kind of a a good song for the times we're in right now, really.
1: That's why I wrote it. Um, Yeah, I, uh, that was only my maybe third or fourth time playing that through with actually with the lyrics. And so I was scrolling my phone trying to read it as I went and I'm not going to stop making excuses. I named, (laughs) I named my, my inner critic. What can you do? My inner critic, her name is Bertha because she big. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And. And I'm like, Bertha, shut up. But um
0: Trust me, I know how it is.
1: My a big part of this song is um my mission is to love, accept, heal, and respect. Cause every soul matters, can't change my mind about that. I'm not fearless, but I'm tr- I'm strong, trying this new spirit on. And like that that part for this time that we're living in right now is especially important and potent to me because you know, that's not saying all lives matter. That's, that's, you know, black lives do matter. Like, and I'm taking this like place where I've got some privilege and a platform to say like, you know, we, every soul matters. we got to respect and love and spread this love to each other. Like, you know, like love your brothers and sisters. And, um, it's like I said, my mission is to heal, accept, heal and respect. And my, um, my Reiki teacher, um, when she did my my Reiki attunement, which is the process in which the master passes on the energy to the student, um, she said that a mantra that came up for her, like from like guides, spirits, angels, whatever, like universe, uh, was that I am a radical instrument of love and acceptance. Or I'm an instrument of radical love and acceptance. One of those two. But anyways. It they was, both sound cool. Yeah. But I'm an instrument of radical love and acceptance. And that has to be for me and for other people. So I'm really working hard on both sides. Like, I feel like I guess I I I accept and love others more than myself. But also I realized through working my program that I have quite the ego. and Or the anti-ego, I call it, where, like, I'm self-deprecating to an extent. But, um... This is I, I'm I'm reclaiming my power. Um, admitting powerlessness over drugs and alcohol was empowering. Burying my weed in my backyard—I shouldn't said that's where it is, but you don't know where I, <laughs> you don't know where I live. Uh, burying my weed,
0: following you home.
1: Yeah, burying my weed. I mean, it was good shit. I mean, if back in the day, I would have liked it, but oh no, but burying my weed that gave me this insight into myself and you know, it was empowering. It was an empowering experience. Like I've just had a lot of stuff thrown at me lately and I'm taking it all in my stride and I'm really proud of that and that I'm becoming this person who can handle these things. And like, you know, things were just starting to mellow out and like, Like, I was like, I got a handle on this. And then God's just like, we're going to throw your sister at you. And I love her to death. And I'm excited to have her here. She's my best friend. Um, But, you know, it's a big deal having to go fly out to Seattle, pack up her apartment, move her and her 90-pound Staffordshire Bull Terrier here, find an apartment (coughs) for for the six of us. You know, it's it's gonna be an adventure. Um, but I'm I'm welcoming it because I know that it'll work out because it is. You know, and that's something my mentor says to me is that everything is good because everything is in God's will. And like right now, this moment, like it was supposed to happen, you know, when I walk out this door, whatever happens to me. It was supposed to happen. And I mean, that's kind of like a hard thing for some people to believe. And it used to be hard for me to believe because I'm like, then why does this happen? And why does this happen? And why is there war? And why do babies die? And like stuff like that, you know, but like, I don't know. I just try not to think about that, I guess. (laughs) I just think about like, in in my life, when I face a struggle, I'm like, okay, what can I take from this? um what can i grow from this um and everything some
0: things happen and a lot of things don't happen so i mean it's it's, right again it's a balance on both sides i
1: mean i was i was fired from my job at starbucks because i couldn't wake up at 5 (laughs) a.m and i was late you know and i getting fired from that job i got a job that pays me double but i'm serving and that's something i was afraid to do was to serve alcohol to people and be, and be in the restaurant scene again um and like you know every the people who don't get it they're like I'm sure you can handle it like just have a drink like and whatever and I'm like but you don't yeah, understand the cuz then I'm going to start like sniffing around for cocaine in bathrooms and like I'm trying to find and I'll find it cuz like I said you attract whatever you're putting out and like I'll find it if I really want it and I don't want to and I know where to get it if I really want and I don't want to yeah.
2: and
1: it's that's what it comes down to is that I just want to live I want to I want to become my highest self and my highest version of self and I know that with substances I can't become that right. and um for some people they can And that is perfectly fine and okay, and I'm happy for them. But (laughs) I just know that you can't unpickle a pickle is what they say. Right. And I have been pickled, my friend.
0: I think that's a good place to end it.
1: Yep. I'm an empowered. Become your highest self would be the the best way to end it, Yes, I'm an empowered pickle. Well, that too. An empowered pickle. (laughs) Become your highest
0: self as an empowered pickle. Yes. But we just did two hours.
1: Awesome. And reach out if you need anything. I'm here. Uh, the musical Brie on Instagram.
0: Yeah, I'll link everything. I link
1: yeah everything. Brie Workman on Facebook. Breezy Music. Um, and yeah, I mean, if anyone's struggling out there, I got you.
0: Yeah. We're gonna end it. That's a good note. It's
1: a good note. Yeah, Thank I appreciate you it so much, you. I appreciate you. This been a pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you soon, guys.
1: Awesome.
0: Two hours and three minutes. Along the-